You're listening to Back to the Light with J.D. Rieger. Hey, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of Back to the Light. I am J.D. Rieger, and I can't believe we're finally here, but it's really happening. Both my new record, Where Wasn't I?, and the new Subteens record that I helped make, Volume 4, Dashed Hopes and Good Intentions, are coming out on vinyl and in digital formats this week, Friday, October 14th, to be exact. And if you are listening before the release date, you can actually stream both records at psychedelicbabymag.com exclusively. That's psychedelicbabymag.com. Otherwise, you can get the record in stores or at backtothelight.net. Everyone in Memphis is invited to our two big release shows this weekend, Friday night, October 14th at the High Tone with special guests Seize and Desist, formerly Negro Terror, and Saturday afternoon, October 15th at Wiseacre Downtown with guests Rosie, Loose Opinions, and Spacer. Of course, the subteens and myself will be performing at both shows and records will be available. As always, again, backtothelight.net has all the details. Before we get into yet another hilarious and soul-searching conversation with Mark and Jay from the Subteens, please enjoy the first singles from both of our albums. That'll be Hard to Be Lonely Tonight by the Subteens, followed by Hammer Mannequin by me, J.D. Rieger. Guys. 
All right, you've just heard the singles That's Hard to Be Lonely Tonight by the Subteens and Hammer Mannequin by me. Now let's hear my conversation with Mark Aiken and Jay Hines from the Subteens. 22 keys. <laughs> Light, bright tones. Remember that? No. Mr. Poland's class. We can talk about that. Huh? We could talk about we that. We could. <laughs> 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. Good old Mr. I had in mind to ask you guys, actually, because I don't think we talked about it before. If you were involved musically at Harding or art, arts-wise, creatively, or if you stayed out of all that stuff. I was in Mr. Chester's... Uh, I did chorus for God, two or three years. I mean, like, like acapella, the whole thing where he would wear the tux and yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I took art classes with uh, Ms. Williams. So that was sort of the, that was it for me. That was it. And speech class with Dr. Shrigley. Does that count? Is that an art? Uh, I mean, with Dr. Shrigley, maybe <laughs> that's a deep, that's a deep pull for yeah. the listeners out there. You did chorus too. Yeah, I did, I did one year of chorus. And, um, you got kicked out cause you couldn't sing. <laughs> I got kicked out of chorus too. So I'm curious you, why you got, kicked no, out. I didn't get kicked out. I, um, I, I, I did actually. Really? Mm-hmm. Please, that's gotta be more interesting. For, no, I mean, for, for misbehavior, not for okay. like yeah, musical ineptitude or anything like that. Just right. clowning being like, yeah, a- me and uh, Brad from snow globe were kind of a problem for about six weeks at Harding. Cause we were in all these classes together and we were having like our blossoming friendship explosion right at the time. And so yeah. we were like talking in every class we were in and causing disruptions, which at <laughs> right. Harding is like, you know, grounds for dismissal sure, right. capital punishment. So, uh, yeah, we were both in chorus and I guess we goofed off and laughed a lot and we got on Reverend Chester's nerves. And right. One time he pounded on his piano real hard out of yeah. frustration and I laughed at it and that was it. That was the last straw. He, he kicked said, me out. Get I was out. never welcome back. <laughs> he, I may have told this story before. He did that when my sister was in acapella. I think he hit like a podium or something with his fist and he broke his hand. He's a maniac. So yeah, he, he did not need to be working with children. There's a guy much younger than me, much younger than us, who moved into my building, um, graduated like the last year that Chester, Chester was, was there. there. Mm-hmm. And so like by the end, like he wasn't even making sense and he'd be oh, like gosh. laughing one minute and then like screaming the next. But anyway, sure. whatever. I was about to say if you wanna like you know, really waste some time. Look him up on Facebook and he's posted some videos of him like playing and singing old chorus songs on like acoustic guitar. Okay. It's, <laughs> I mean, say what you will it's about the funniest and saddest and like, you still like, like I still see it and I still want to punch him a little bit, even though like, you know, he's singing these sweet little songs or whatever. And he's just a, and he's just a sweet, sweet little man at this point. Yeah. yeah. People tend to age out of the, uh, the anger stuff and then they not me never never (laughs) you kicked me out of chorus in eighth grade motherfucker (laughs) your ass is mine but he he knew so many pictures of jim chester around here with knives through them (laughs) for the record i didn't bring harding up first it was you and 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 the billy poland reference fair enough who I'm friends with on Facebook also. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask if he was still above ground. So that's yeah, a yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. In yeah. fact, I think I said something to him one time, like, I wish I had had you for drama. Mm-hmm. And and he was like, you know, I'm sorry. It was, I, I had to get out of there. <laughs> oh God, I can imagine. I mean, he, he probably didn't feel comfortable that I, um, I, I honestly think that we called it forensics mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, like speech class and read poetry and memorize poetry or whatever. I think that was one of the most valuable classes I took at that entire school because it kind of got me not afraid, not at least not terrified of speaking in public. I think that that class did its job well. Yeah. Well, that was Dr. Shirkley's class too. You could stand up with like, I didn't have him. Oh, okay. It was cool. You could, you had to speak for like 15 minutes and he, you could take eight, like one note card mm. with you. Yeah. And he, like when you were done, he would critique, like, don't move your hand so much or, you know, quit saying, uh, and so that was all we, we just gave speeches the entire gosh year, I guess. Nice. And it, God, man, I improved so much. I still can't speak publicly, but <laughs> or privately. for that one school year, <laughs> by God, you were shining. <laughs> Yeah, you were the Mussolini of Harding Academy class of whatever but, it was. Yeah, but you could talk about anything you wanted. So I'd get up and talk about The Clash and Big Audio Dynamite and whatever I was listening to. I forgot you were oh, in Big cool. Audio Dynamite. Monty Python. People would look at me like I was crazy. All right. Well, now that we've got MHA out of our system. <laughs> yes. Here we are in the room where all this started. What's that, bring, what's that bringing back for you guys? It's cool being back. Um, it's been about a year. Yeah, God, it's hard to believe. It's been a year. Um, with a... Well, we were just saying there's a lot more gear in here than when we were here last time. Yeah. Graham has uh, got yeah, quite the think setup. of how many keyboard parts would have been on the record. <laughs> Man, with that setup right there. Yeah. That's yeah. like Getty Lee's. <laughs> Shout out Graham Burks for letting us do this here one more time. Woo-hoo. Absolutely. Uh, right. It's cool being back. Brings back good memories. Yeah. I remember it was hot as hell because we started in August of 2021. And I remember uh, showing up in jeans, I guess. And it was just blazing hot when we started. As in when the jam as... started flowing, it only <laughs> it's got totally hotter. Got, I was about to say, <laughs> as hot as my solos. And we'd have to remember to turn the air conditioner off before we'd do mm-hmm. a take. There, were, I think there were a few times we'd be like, oh, shit. And you play it back, Nick. <laughs> I honestly think there might be one track that has, you know, whatever, for whatever that's worth, that might have that yeah. that very quiet air conditioner going. We'll call it texture. That's character. Yeah. It's, it's industrial, man. <laughs> yes. That was the Chicago sound. Yes. Now, really, uh, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. I know we're about to go down to the listening lab in a, in a few minutes. We're recording this on Thursday, October 6th. We're just hours away from mm-hmm. the official unveiling of the album. Indeed. Albums. Albums. Yeah. We should probably talk about your record a little bit too. Sure. But uh, I'm excited. I hope, gosh, I hope people show up. I've got confirmation from a bunch of people, but really, anybody who's in a band or does anything like this, you know, at the last people, oh, well, my kid got sick. Okay. <laughs> sure he did. But I think if we get a good, I mean, whether people show up or not, it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's 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 just you natural correct. pre-show panic. I always think, you know, you know, what if no one shows Nobody's up? coming. You know, what if we lay an egg or whatever? Mm-hmm. Although I guess the record's already done. There's really no chance of that. The no. egg is already laying. Right. <laughs> if if there is going to be an egg, so you know, I think really tonight's just gravy. You I know, agree. it's going to be fun to hear the records. I think that both records actually sound better. We listened to the test pressings in there, but I don't think we've actually listened to the actual pressed records in there yet. Have we? I don't think so. Those sound better to me. Don't they sound better to you? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And that room, we should probably talk about that room a little bit too. It's absolutely astounding how good that room sounds at the Memphis listening lab. It does sound good. We have it for uh, an hour, 
hour and a half, however long we need. Yeah. However long we need. I mean, I think they would like us to be out of there by eight o'clock okay. ideally, but you know, yeah. I think between the two of us, we probably have 60 something minutes and change of, of album out there. So, so you've got 45 minutes of me. <laughs> <laughs> I was budgeting 30 minutes for autographs. So yeah, he had me go over. out and buy Sharpie <laughs> special just for this. Nice. I've had people ask. I wouldn't just say that. Sure you have. <laughs> <laughs> but you got me thinking about like when we first put the subteens together and we would play to, uh, what do we call it? The bartenders and girlfriend shows mm -hmm. where there was literally nobody there, but those two. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I have flashbacks sometimes, but, uh, on the Highland strip. Yeah. But your original question was, uh, any, what, what memories of this room? Do y'all um, remember? I've got one. Do you remember that time we showed up? Uh, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm taking a picture. <laughs> Bad timing. I apologize. It was, it was one day, maybe during Goner Fest of 2021, and we showed up and we were just going to do guitars. And we all heard that high-pitched whine. Do you remember that? And everybody was like, what oh, yeah. was a, Oh, uh, right, right. And it, it, it was the Ebo. <laughs> it was the Ebo. Which we wound up on the record. Yeah, we wound up using it. Mm -hmm. But we looked around for like 40, literally 45 minutes. Yeah, going, I guess what Graham or, or maybe G3 or someone had been in here using it. And I guess, you know, there's just a little switch on that thing that I get. It's pretty easy to just accidentally <laughs> kick off. Take it off, Mark. Yeah. Goodness. Sorry. It's a little warm in here. <laughs> Put your on. pants back on. Jesus. No. But yeah, we spent so like we were walking around like listening to the walls and you know <laughs> thinking we were crazy. You know, do you hear it over here in this? Yeah. I sort of hear it over here. And the way this room is set up, it's literally in every corner. So you, you couldn't just go, oh, it's definitely over here. Every corner you went to, it's like, no, it's over here. That was weird. <laughs> that was kind of. Like, everyone's just losing their freaking mind. It's here. No, it's here. Four people. All like, is it the refrigerator? What is it? What is this? We walked in the bathroom, I think, and came yeah. back up. Four Ugh. days later, yeah. it's still going. <laughs> but it was good. Yeah. We figured this it room out. does sound amazing. Amaze balls. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know if this is too big of a a question and and you know i certainly don't want to force either of you to share anything personal you don't want to share but you know i know we've all we've all had our struggles this year and uh are you sort of maybe hoping for slash looking looking forward to a win this weekend next with uh with the big <laughs> record release a win in life oh god yeah yeah i mean define win or, you know, not a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> like not being struck by a vehicle. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, doesn't it feel like we're all due a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll just, I haven't talked about it a lot, but, uh, having had prostate cancer recently that this, the listening party and the record release show got me through that. When I was walking around for two weeks with a freaking catheter, with mm. my little bag of piss, I just kept thinking about the release party and getting my staples out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. the uh and the show Damn, man. and the listening lab yeah I, I didn't want to press you to say anything about it no no of no, no, course no. I'm, so I'm... i was trying that's why that question was vague and rambling <laughs> just vague enough i could jump on it or not but uh yeah yeah so this was the light at the end of the tunnel for me it's like if i can just make it through this i've got this cool thing coming hell yeah and the silver lining is everybody go to the doctor because i had no symptoms well, I walk around with a bag of piss anyway. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it's not your piss. That's the weird part. <laughs> I got you, it on the you, internet. You mail ordered that. <laughs> I did. 
You never know when you need some clean urine. <laughs> In the fitness world, truly. <laughs> totally. I can hook you up. We if I'd only known. Test. I had yeah. bags and bags, man. If you'd only told me. <laughs> empty that thing about every hour. Well, spe- speaking of urine, how is the gym business? It's good. It's good. You're <laughs> uh, <Urine> in business. <laughs> on, a, on a scale of one to ten, you're an eight. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. I will be here all the night. Uh, uh, it's good. It's good. Um, clearly, just came from the gym, and uh, clearly, am returning when the when we wrap this up. And then you'll be coming right back for the listening party. I got to teach a class, and then I'll come back. So much back and forth. So much back and forth. The life of uh, the life of a small business owner. Small, right. small to medium business owner. Yeah. What yeah, do you I say? Think, um, I, whoa, um, <laughs> I got you. Thank you. <laughs> falling out of my my falling out of my stool, <laughs> as opposed to stool falling out of me. Oh, <laughs> God, I'm on fuego. Um, <laughs> What was the question? Uh, tra- t- overcoming tragedy or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A win would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> a win would be nice. The Titans are two and two this year. So, mm. you know, we're already off to a bad start. So, yeah, if, if we can stack some W's, that would be good. You going to any Grizzlies games this year? I hope to. Yeah. I haven't gone yet. Did you go to any Bulls games when you were up there? I went and saw the Bulls play the Grizzlies. Yes. Oh, nice. And I have seen the Bulls before that, before I had gone to see them back in the, uh, I saw them play the Sixers in the Allen Iverson days. Oh, wow. Well, that was kind of cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. Did you wear a uh, gr- Grizz swag when you went? I to did, I think. Yeah. I, I definitely other... wore Grizz swag when I went to a T-Wolves game a few years ago, too. Okay. In yeah. Minnesota, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Did anybody harass you? <laughs> no. No, that's good. This that's was fun. before they were good. Okay, so nobody <laughs> cared. So we've got your album propped up over here. Can mm-hmm. we can we talk about your record for a minute? Yeah, I would love to. It'd be great. It'd be great not to just uh, to only talk about you guys. <laughs> we're so selfish every that way. time. <laughs> no. So so this record. How many solo records do you actually have? This will make three. Okay, and the last one was how many years ago? Mm, it's been a while. It's been ten ten years, maybe. Okay. 2012, maybe 2013, but so yeah. I'll ask you the question that we keep getting. Mm-hmm. Why so long? Oh, tragedies. <laughs> you know, I, I went through a bunch of shit after my last record. My dad died. My whole bunch of things just went wrong for me. And I, I was already not in a super healthy place with, with alcohol mm-hmm. and, and mental health maintenance and you know after after my dad died things just went off the rails gotcha so, what, what year was that I don't know, shortly thereafter okay pretty shortly thereafter hmm. and had, uh, was it a sudden thing had he been in i mean we had or? an estranged relationship and he had okay. had lots of health problems it wasn't like a surprising thing but it sort of forced me it brought up all the old you know issues of anger like when he died I was sort of relieved at first and then angry at myself for feeling for not being sad. And how old was he? Then I sort of, Oh gosh, how old was he? He, he wasn't, it was in his mid fifties. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Not too old, but I mean, he didn't take care of himself and you know, longstanding addict and, and for people who don't know, he was 
big time on the Memphis music scene in the seventies, uh, you know, 80, early yeah, 80s. late seventies, early eighties, maybe big time, but you know, largely inactive for most of the eighties and nineties because of, you know, his own substance abuse and, and whatever, you know, he drove everyone nuts, pissed <laughs> off every band he was ever in, either quit or punched out every collaborator he ever had. Wow. You know, like, yeah, he was a mess. Okay. So then I know we've been on some, like we did the WYXR show and you talked a little bit about kind of getting yourself together, um, drying out, yeah, getting a good therapist that you liked and that was, yeah, I, I give the therapist all, all credit, you know, you got I, a good one. Yeah, obviously. I do. I still, I still, I still see her. I saw her. I talked to her yesterday over, uh, Google meet, but I knew pretty, pretty quickly that I wouldn't be able to lie to her. Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to like you bullshit my yeah. way through like <laughs> yeah. and say that I wasn't drinking. And I also knew that I wasn't gonna be able to sit there with a straight face and say to her, yes, I drank a, you know, a fifth of whiskey every single day. And that she was going to be like, dude, that, yeah, that's cool. She was going <laughs> to yeah. let me continue to do that. Yeah. So yeah, I just decided one morning before work, I took one last shot of whiskey. So I wouldn't have the shakes at, at work that day. And, poured the rest down the drain and said, that's it. Yeah. So she's here or in Chicago? Technically I shouldn't say. Oh, okay. You can for, cut that part for, out. For legal reasons, but. <laughs> I didn't ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. So, but this, this album is the first one where you've had so many collaborators. Not, I, you, you know, say, I've or? actually always kind of done it this way. Okay. Honestly. I mean, usually I just had folks over, you know, I've always had like a little home studio or project studio set up with folks a shared space of some kind. Mm -hmm. So, uh, previously I would just ask people to come over to the studio in this situation, you know, it just so happened because of the pandemic, everyone was getting into home recording and figuring out how to file share and all that shit. So it, it yeah. just, I caught, I caught it at, at the wave at exactly the right time and sent stuff around and everybody said yes. And here we are. Everybody was available. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> was available. Everyone needed the work, you know, yeah. Not that I was paying, <laughs> but you know what I mean? <laughs> That's cool. I absolutely, I know I've, I said this, uh, when we were on, uh, with Elizabeth, but I, I really like this album, this one a lot. Thank you. I, I listened to it almost constantly. <laughs> Well, that's, that's like very I nice. Gym just the other day, yeah. really? it's it's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Like, I'm, are you lifting while I'm singing songs about like emotional heartbreak? And... <laughs> uh, I'm usually on the elliptical. <laughs> I can't, I can't lift anything. Oh, okay. I can as of this week, but that was another fun. I'm thing not a lifter anyway. Yeah. You guys, here's the lifter. <laughs> let's, now, let's get into lifting. Gun show, gun show right here. <laughs> you know, one of my one of my favorite uh, local wrestlers is the the gun show Brett Michaels. Really? Mm -hmm. Have you all seen the uh, the thirty on thirty? Is that what the series is called on ESPN? Thirty on thirty. Yeah, about Ric Flair. I haven't, but I've heard about it, and I'm sure it's hilarious. It's he was and a, disturbing. He and was a piece of shit to his his family. Yeah, mm. um, just nonstop partier guy. Um, he I'm, lived his gimmick. Yeah, yeah. There was no, uh, you know, regular guy Ric Flair version. You know, in real life, he was on all the time. The apparently. cameras were not rolling. There was no like regular guy. It wasn't an act. No, mm -hmm. no, no. And I mean, you know, for what it's worth, that's. That was Jay Retard's advice to me at one point. You got to live your gimmick, man. Yeah. And look where he is. Yeah. Oh, I lived my gimmick in the sub teams and it did not end well. And look where you are. Yeah. I should say that up here. And look where you are. 
it was uh yeah that <clears throat> that whole live your gimmick thing man live it uh, did not you can't do it you know you, you just can't i don't did know maybe you, keith richards can did you feel external pressure to be sort of that guy like all the time i mean you, in my experience it's only external pressure if you allow it to be external pressure nice. if, if people whose opinions you give a shit about are encouraging you to act like a trained monkey and be <laughs> a, a self-destructive obnoxious trained monkey and you care what they think then yeah then i would yeah then yes uh but i think the key is don't listen to people who don't have your best interest at heart you know no one who loves you is going to want you to drink five shots of whiskey and snort <laughs> cocaine with them out in the car good point so i said i, I was sorry man god damn yeah, man well, <laughs> that was before we came up here <laughs> I know. that's why i keep falling out of this store <laughs> Oh. No, kidding, kidding. Uh, I don't know if that makes any sense, um, but yeah, li living, living the, living the gimmick, you know. Well, let me. I got a, I got a follow up question for both yes, of sir. you guys. Do you have to have daddy issues to be a good rock and roller? Oh man, I don't know anyone who doesn't. Good point. But I almost, I honestly don't know a lot of people who don't have daddy issues, whether they rock or don't. That's true. That's I mean, true. I know plenty of, I could, I know some wrestler friends who have <laughs> daddy issues. I know, you know, I know some accountants and or maybe the bigger question, <laughs> the bigger question, I guess, is not just in that environment, but does that make you overachieve? And I guess it just depends on the person. I thought oh, I had something there. Go ahead. Overachieve. Yeah. Or like try to, try to, to prove to get out from under that shadow yeah. or um to yeah i guess it kind of depends on the daddy issues but I yeah to, i hate to quit quit uh blah <laughs> I, I hate to keep bringing it back to, to to wrestling but there's a quote from jake the snake roberts that really really rings true his dad was a wrestler and his his dad beat the shit out of you know like i think he was a product of 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 underage rape himself Ooh, like you know Jesus. i mean his yeah. dad is a monster right just like a certifiable monster yeah so anyway like at one point you know jake the snake decides he's like so that's when i decided i was going to set all my dreams aside i was going to become a pro wrestler and i was going to become bigger than my father and i was going to shove this business down his throat and i did mm -hmm. and it didn't mean anything wow i think about that quote a lot man yeah i, I can see that um, that's heavy. I know it was very, I think I, I can agree to that. I agree with that. You know, I think I did want to definitely like prove to my parents, look at me, look how important I am and look how getting written about in papers and people, mm -hmm. you know, call out to me in the mall. We were go, still going to malls back then, not to hang out and meet people, but to like actually shop. Yeah. Um, you know, look how important I am, look how cool I am. But I had absolutely zero character or substance to to not just completely let that go to my head in some kind of completely just vain, insecure way where it was all I had was this meaningless attention. Uh, yeah, with the hopes that my dad would finally... Validation. Yeah, val <laughs> yeah like when... when it doesn't mean anything. And so when we did kind of quote, get a little bit popular or whatever, start to get a little notoriety, I just had absolutely zero ability to keep it together because the motivations to achieve whatever limited amount of status we did achieve, the motivations were completely insubstantial and incorrect. 
So of course I couldn't keep it together. If you can mm-hmm. get a center, if you can get anything. Yeah. Out yeah. Of that, you're climbing yeah. a mountain you could never get to the top of. Right. Right. Exactly. So sooner or later you're going to give out and you're going to tumble your ass back down. And that's what I did. Best thing that ever happened to me too, I think was, was that hard fall, you know, because then I was forced, I realized no one asked me this, so I'll, I'll make no. this quick. Go but, for it. Uh, no. <laughs> um, I was forced because I had screwed so many people over and, uh, like that, uh, uh, not Kid Rock song. It's a, it's a John Eddie song, like that John Eddie song. Uh, I owe everybody money. I was that guy. I owed everybody money. <laughs> nobody would talk to me. Nobody wanted anything to do with me. I had pawned everybody's gear. It was just a dirt bag. So the only people who would speak to me uh, that weren't participating in some kind of 12-step program were uh, my son and my mother. And so I was forced into relationships with them just to have somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think if that hadn't happened, I would never have gotten as close to my son as, as we were able to. He and I were able to. So, yeah, it was a good thing. Yeah, that's great. My, <clears throat> you know this, my story was my dad disappeared when I was about 16 for like, no, I must have been older than that. Um, and didn't I didn't talk to him for like 32 years. I don't know if I even, did oh, I ever Jesus. tell you this? Yeah, he just, he disappeared. And so uh, I don't know how much of this I can talk about, but things were set in motion so that he contacted my sister and then she said, well, call Jay. And so he did. And I, after 32 years, I got to talk to him. And then, uh, in 2020, he killed himself. So, but I, you know, I wasn't going, telling that story to go to that, but I've often wondered if like you and I, we are a couple of hard headed MRFers. And I wonder how much no, of not. the, <laughs> Yes, you are. How much of uh, of that family dynamic pushed the subteens to struggle our way to the lower middle? <laughs> yeah. And I'm also struck by how funny it is that when the three of us are around, we never talk about this heavy shit Mm-mm. until you hit record. Yeah. <laughs> and then it yeah, all comes out. Uh, we don't sit around talking about this, <laughs> this shit. This is our therapy. We do, we do a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, maybe yeah. it's not as concentrated a dose like, yeah. like this, but you know, yeah, there is something funny that happens when, when the red light comes on. Yeah. I think it's the Harding connection. I also think like for me being the youngest, I was only the youngest of two, but still being the youngest is just... In any family, you're kind of go sit down, be quiet, or yeah, sure, go outside, or whatever. Your but, opinion doesn't matter, right? You know, and it was the '80s, which 70s is still true 80s. in this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think there was something to do with like you're going to pay attention to me. I'm going to be the loudest. You know, I'm going to have the loudest <laughs> mic, the loudest amp. Yeah, and uh, I, I want you, you have two choices: you can hear me or you can leave. <laughs> I definitely, there was a time in my life when I definitely thought that I couldn't be really, really good friends or be in a band with somebody who didn't come from a broken home on some Mm -hmm. level, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe not because they couldn't relate because they couldn't relate. And because I I don't know, it was, it was, I mean, it was a vaguely Nirvana inspired punk rock notion, but, um, it just always seemed to work out that way that people who were happy, uh, we didn't get along as good, you know? You certainly have to have differing. (laughs) But there was a band that I was in that I won't mention the name of that broke up one time and me and two of the guys came from a really stable family and me and the other guy kind of split off and started our own new band. And in the back of my, I was like, yeah, it's like we, we couldn't keep playing with these guys who have a good 
family home. They're just right. too mentally healthy. They're too healthy. <laughs> way too freaking stable. <laughs> there probably is something to that. <clears throat> yeah, both my parents are, are, both my parents are dead. And my granddaughter asked me today, and I'm, I'm incredibly grateful. I got to be close to him again. You know, my granddaughter asked me today, I was dropping her off. She said, where's your daddy? I said, well, you know, I'm talking to a four year old. So I said, well, my daddy's in heaven. And, uh, did you love him? Said, yeah, I love him. Do you still love him? Said, yeah, of course I still love him. It's just, you know, sometimes I think the, those child, those child, I want to say childish, those child, the mindset of a child, those kind of questions are sometimes all that matters. Like do a, you know, ultimately I love my dad, man. Uh, he, he was a, he was a great father. We had our issues. He had a fucking rough childhood brutal childhood mm -hmm. so he did the best he could yeah i i try with my therapist's help i'm trying to come to some understanding it's i wouldn't even call it like forgiveness but at least some level of cutting of slack mm -hmm. yeah. mean, for one he's dead there's nothing there's nothing else left to say or do about it really but you know i know he had his his my father's dad was even worse to him than mine was to me mm. so he was dealt a bad hand and he made a lot of bad choices in his life based on what mm -hmm. I can only assume. I mean, considering the issues that I have, I can only assume he was going through just as much and also not getting help. Yeah. You know, this was in mm -hmm. an era when, you know, if you went to therapy, you were a wimp, mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. you know, so he didn't, he never got help and he never even would have even considered it really or taken it seriously. Right. And you, you know, don't part, part, probably also because they would have told him, Hey, maybe you don't, <laughs> you know, drink a case of Bud, Budweiser and smoke an ounce of dope every day yeah. or whatever, but and that's expensive. And you, it's very easy to judge your parents before you have kids. Yeah. And I know you can, you know, and once you have kids and you realize how fucking hard it yeah. is to be a parent, God, just to keep a roof and a car, let alone a good insurance. parent, <laughs> yeah. uh, man, it's you forgiveness it may not be the word but you you understand mm -hmm. in that your your parents you know they were doing the best they could do with the hand they were dealt and it sounds like your both of your dads had some pretty shitty hands yeah but i had one i had <laughs> one for kids <laughs> i wasn't gonna say that but uh, but i had one 45 minute conversation with my dad uh that we both said what we needed to say and yeah, that was it. But the thing that haunts me was he said, I want you to call me next time. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't fucking do it. And then two years later, he, he was dead. So. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about something. <laughs> yeah, happened. new records. Uh, How about those Grizzlies? <laughs> Jesus. Where wasn't I? Uh. And I was going to say, I know that title is for like you location wise sort of but it's perfect for like all the uh all the different stuff you're doing on the record there's, I, there's so I, I liked it as yes sort of a, a, a multi-layered onion uh, uh referentially speaking yeah. uh, sort of where wasn't i geographically where isn't it thematically musically yeah yeah, but it all hangs together. It's all and it's all sort of different stuff, but it works. It's you know, it's inspired by an Andy Kindler joke. Do you guys know the comedian Andy Kindler? No, sir. He's a funny motherfucker, <laughs> but he's 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 kind of all over the place. Sometimes he gets a little rambly and he there's this one on his new record. One of the tracks is called Where Wasn't I? And he's basically just telling this joke and then just loses his train of thought <laughs> from one bit to the next, like just 
complete derailment. And then he just, he's like, oh my God, where wasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I, you know, I just really liked it. It, it appealed to me. That's cool. You seem to collect inspiration for songs and title. Like we were talking about Hammer Mannequin the other mm-hmm. day, and you seem to collect ideas from like pop culture stuff and then like write songs about that. I often like, I keep a, a little notebook by, by my uh, table. So like if I'm watching TV or listening to a podcast or music or anything and someone, a stray bit of dialogue that appeals to me, like the last track on the record is called War Me Down. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't... <laughs> I, I'm just giving all I'm giving all my secrets away here, but I was watching Parks and Rec one time, and Aziz's character was mm-hmm. trying to get a date with somebody, and, and he basically <laughs> did, and and she said it was because, dude, you wore me down, mm-hmm. and, and then he Aziz comes back and looks straight at the camera and says, the four most beautiful words ever in the English language, <laughs> you wore me down. <laughs> and i was like yeah i could write that song yeah that's perfect it's a great show too yeah it is <laughs> people are gonna think i steal all my shit now <laughs> so this is like a two-part or question for both you and i love that you're hosting this yeah, <laughs> this is great i'm starting a podcast i want to see how long we can keep this going uh so after these two albums come out what's next and who wants to go first? Gosh. Well, I mean, you mean aside from our triumphant 2023 tour of Europe? Um, yes. After the dust has settled We're for all the, after that, <laughs> all the promotional uh I'm going to look endeavors. into it if you guys want to go, honestly. Yeah. Um, I know a guy who knows a guy who might be able to help us out. Okay. But uh, yeah. I'm an empty nest. Maybe we can all, you know, all go together or something. Heck yeah. But uh, after, 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 I'm considering, I've long been threatening to do a like big group collaborative monkeys tribute album. Okay. So I may actually, Bubba really, really wants to do it. Oh, he, he bugs me about it every, he's like, <laughs> man, when are we going to do that monkey stuff again? <laughs> so. You want like a record? Yeah. Yeah. We might. Um, hey, we're taking another selfie. We might. We might actually record a full album of monkeys covers and then release it on Spotify and all, oh, that'd be cool. all those places. Yeah. So vinyl is just a, just an every once in a while, special occasion kind of thing. Oh, I mean, if I do another, you know, next time I do a record, I, God willing, I'll put it on vinyl too. One for us. Can you do it again? Mark's slipping me off. Do it again. Oh, oh here we go. Still on the air. I forgot. On the air. Recording, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, we can sorry everyone. We can we can cut this out or not. I might cut that out. We'll see. <laughs> hey, I've given well, them cool. let them let let the folks enjoy the vibe. <laughs> yeah. Take it in. Drink it let's in. Just, drink it. Let's let inhale it. Yeah. Um what's next for us? What was the question? What's, what's next, next? For, what's next? After this one is, What are we gonna do? Yeah, I know you you guys said you wanted to re release the first record on vinyl. Oh man. Burn your so card I want to do a live album. The thing is let's do an unplugged record. Subteens unplugged live in in this room. Subplugged, just ukuleles, <laughs> just ukuleles. That that sounds like a sex thing. Sub. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say two thousand. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, what were you saying? I'm sorry. I was going to say. You really want to do a live a live record? Yeah. We might have some. We have enough material now. 
uh i think b-side has all the tracks from that show they have the multi-track on that show we did together a couple of months ago could we mix that because it was all Hell yeah we could mix that we should okay. do it we should do like a uh, could we sweeten it yeah we should do a whole new recording last waltz it put in, put in some crowd noise <laughs> um well, yeah, let's just take record. the record as is and mix in some crowd noise <laughs> and then re- release you it as suck. a live album. <laughs> Sub <Sub-D. laughs> You guys suck. Um, what take were you going to say? Off, <laughs> solo um, record. Yeah, solo record. I guess what's next is sell records. <laughs> um, I don't know. I haven't really put much thought into it. Honestly, I guess we need to write some more songs. I've got some. Yeah, like um, I said, I guess we need to write some more songs. <laughs> some good songs. Uh, 2024 will be the 25th anniversary for Burn Your Cardigan. That, GTFOH. That fucker is coming out on vinyl. Okay. Mark my words. That'll also be the 25th Mark. anniversary of the Pez record I played on. So really? I'm hoping that maybe... Get Marv on the case. Get the, Do something with those guys for that. That'd be cool. God, 25 years since we did that record. Yep. Christ it came out... December of 99 it was almost a almost a 2000 record yeah we let's talk about that let's 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 re-release that thing on vinyl that'd be great okay I'd love to hear that thing on vinyl I'm looking for a patron I want to ask some questions do it shoot so um I remember so Jay and I grew up down the street from each other and I remember being up in your you you had that attic that y'all had converted into your bedroom yep and uh I remember trying to write songs up there with you. I think we were like 17, <laughs> maybe 18. Yeah. And you were heavily, heavily Beatles influenced. I still am. Yeah. But not as, not nearly as much. When did you start growing out of your, because you used to really wear it on your sleeve and I really wore my influences on my sleeve and it just kind of didn't mesh until eventually it started meshing. Yeah. When we both kind of let go uh, a little bit what when did you grow out of your or when did you start evolving out of that heavily beatles influence stuff that's a good question my if i let's see my signpost bands go i actually figured this out one time kiss beatles oh let me see if i can tell you okay all right kiss beatles and then buzzcocks uh before before that. buzzcocks yeah Starts with an S. sex pistols yep yeah <laughs> Uh, pistols, so Sex Pistols, and then, God, it gets weird after that. Um, there was a lot. We started listening to a lot of different shit. Television? Uh, from there, it probably goes replacements. Yeah, okay. And then, and then, from, you there, kind of and then from there, it goes everywhere. But it, yeah, I mean, I still write like like the Beatles wrote. Like every, there has to be like a, you know, all the parts have to fit together like a puzzle for me. I can't do that freeform stuff. <laughs> what about you i was gonna ask you jd i'll go last no i think it's just a you know my influences are still pretty much the same as they were it's just a matter of i've become more comfortable as myself and don't feel like i have to emulate so much i just Mm do it just through trial and error i think i've honed in on what my thing is which is I, i think it's a pretty wide a wide swath uh, because I cover a lot of musical ground. Most people just do one thing. Who are your Nothing signposts? against that. Who are your signpost bands? And when I say signpost band, I mean like band that like changed your life and made you go. Well, the monkeys is why I got into music. Okay. And then, you know, the Beatles were always there just like constantly always there kind of in the background. Never my favorite, favorite band, but always a thing that I could listen to. Mm-hmm. 
and then you know nirvana ramones oh yeah i had a big blake schwarzenbach phase jawbreaker jets to brazil guy okay i met him um yeah yeah oh yeah i saw the picture i saw the picture i had a big bob mold phase sugar i like sugar um file under easy listening probably is my favorite of all Mm -hmm. his records honestly but i like flip your wig a lot too so that's apple gray was that bob that's 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 husker do yeah yeah that's that's later isn't it that's later husker do black Uh, sheets of rain that's bob mold yeah Mm -hmm. yeah solo candy apple gray was before black sheets of rain if i'm not mistaken good record yep we used to do uh, Don't Want to Know If You're Lonely. Right? Yeah. But I guess I didn't ask my question right. So okay. what I meant uh, was Jay, how did you how did you how did you get to your own <laughs> voice and not yeah. just regurgitating the Beatles or right. Paul Westerberg or whoever? I wrote a lot of shitty songs. Yeah. Still are. <laughs> I'm still doing that. I'm trying not to. Something's never changed. <laughs> and then I don't know. It wasn't like a conscious thing. It just became me. You just put it in the blender and what, I mean, y'all know. At, at some point you and me started trusting each other. I think where it was, eh, it doesn't really work. That doesn't really work. And then I guess our, we just, we throw our own spices in the mixing bowl. <laughs> I, I bet it's, it's interesting for you guys because I've been in multi-songwriter bands before, but always whoever wrote the song sang the song in the band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'd have, you know, multiple singer bands like the Beatles. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, you know, until very recently, Jay didn't ever sing any songs. Yeah. So you could, you never knew who was writing it between the two of you. Yeah. And so I think there's, you know, could you tell who like, no, I've been surprised a few times. Like when I've found out, I mean, obviously I know who wrote the songs on the new record now because (laughs) we, you know, we've been around each other so much and I'm so into those songs, but even finding out who wrote older songs, you know, I'm still never, you know, I'm never entirely sure. Like I don't listen to it and go like, Oh, that's gotta be this because you know, there is, <laughs> there is some melding. I mean, I think, you know, it, you guys have obviously influenced each other and yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. Have a thing together. The hardest thing like for me, when, when you try to put a band together is finding somebody that's on the same wavelength. And so when you, when you find somebody, yeah, you're like, you're not going anywhere. Right, right. <laughs> we can communicate. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> I guess I probably latched on. I've probably, because I've been in those relationships where I've had bands where I, I felt like, you know, I, we, we were a good collaborative duo, but then I think I must have held on too tight or something because I always, you know, those bands always broke up. Mm. Well, we've, I had to we've broken solo. up. Yeah. Plus, no one else wants to be in a band with me. So, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> limits my options um all right your signpost bands and why you write like you write my signpost bands and why i write like i write i know the stones are on there somewhere yeah definitely um it was such a mix before i actually started playing guitar um i remember i remember really really getting into the cars i I mean when mtv came out i got super duper into heavy metal uh, maiden priest whatever and then kind of started getting out of that in high school really got into the cars and then kind of got on your coattails with the sex pistols after that and then got into the rolling stones i guess so we could say iron maiden sex pistols rolling stones then I got into Thin Lizzy and realized, oh, that's why Iron Maiden sounds like Iron Maiden sounds, because <laughs> they're basically Thin Lizzy with a higher singer. Um, and then the replacements, 
Okay. I think the replacements were before Thin Lizzy. Uh, it was boring. No, uh, not at all. I uh, wouldn't have asked if I didn't want to know. That's why I write the way I write. Um, it seems insincere. It feels insincere to me if it's not peppy enough. Like, I don't think of myself as like a crafty songwriter, you know? I have noticed throughout this process that you seem to use words like uh, it needs to jump out at you. It needs mm-hmm. to scream at you. It needs to, <laughs> you know, it needs to be electric. You know, it's kind of, yeah. you know, you you like things to to hit hit hard and, you know, hit it and quit it. Yeah, definitely. And he actually pounds his fist when he says that a lot of times. It's got to, man, come on, it's got to. Part of that, I think, is insecurity (laughs) that uh, I just don't think I'm a very good guitar player. I don't don't think I have much to offer Which is not true. So I don't want, well, I mean, I can play. Yes, I can play. But I mean, I'm not, I think some of that is insecurity. Like, oh, let's just get this shit over with. And maybe nobody will notice. And then also, um, I think what we do, one of the, to a degree, I think this is the first record that we're not a one-trick pony, you know? I think we've basically been a one-trick pony up until now, and it's a good trick. I mean, I don't want to sound braggy, but... So what I, what, what do you think are the, the songs or the areas where the subteens are stretching out and doing, you know, non-traditional subteen things in your mind? When you listen to it, where where are those stretches? I got one. You know, Jay's new stuff on uh, Jay's new stuff really kind of branches out into more cheap, tricky stuff. And then even kind of, uh, 60 stones. And then on, um, my little Bob Mould impersonation that I managed to get on the record, <laughs> I think on that one, that's a good song. I was going to say in search of, I don't know. I don't know where the hell yeah, that, that just came doesn't from. sound like anything we've ever done. <laughs> I came home from work, uh, during one lunch time and just picked up a guitar and that riff came out. I don't know where it came from. In search of that's the one you sing, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny, like, you know, cause I modeled the sound of, the, of this record kind of after the sugar record file under easy listening that I mentioned earlier. And there is one song on that record that the bass player sings too. So I think it's just like a hilarious <laughs> kind of a line. Yeah. 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 It's a nod, a nod and a wink. <laughs> that's really cool. But, um, well, all right, fellas, I think, I think we have a sense that we are running out of steam, but, uh, <laughs> we're, we're about to reconvene and listen to the record. So I just yeah. want to close by saying, thanks for letting me help you guys make this new record. Yeah, and man. thank you. I'm happy to, you know, be sharing this week, doing this weekend, this whole process of releasing our re- records together. Yeah. I just, oh, yeah. you know, it's exciting. It's and I cool, would, it's a cool I, thing to get to share with everybody. Yeah. And you know, and, we share a drummer. We, <laughs> we share, we share, uh, uh, what an alma mater, mm-hmm. you know, a cold, dark soul. There you go. <laughs> Daddy issues. Yeah. Um, and I want to say thank you because I, it's very likely this record would not have happened if you yeah. hadn't made that call. That's the truth. We'd still be, and we got to do a record. You'd yeah. still be overdubbing guitars at, at five mm-hmm. and dime. Yeah. Yep. yep. And I talked about this on the, on the, I love to Harry. <laughs> I keep talking about the WYXR show that we just did a couple of days ago, but I mentioned, I, I did talk about this some that you were a great coach. You know, you were a good referee, great referee sometimes. Uh, I think I said school marm <laughs> when that, when that needed doing. Well, that's, that's just the day I was wearing a dress to be fair. <laughs> you made me clean those damn erasers. <laughs> <laughs> 
You guys got some weird fantasies. <laughs> no kink shaming. No kink so, shaming. But in all seriousness, thank you very yeah, much. You're welcome. Thank, it, yeah, it, thank it you. would not have happened. And you did a no. fabulous job. All right. Absolutely. Every, yeah. Everybody listen to our records. <laughs> Please. And buy a few. And we say this, we've said this before, but legitimately, man, we just genuinely hope that we have contributed something impactful and meaningful to, and this sounds like a cliche, but it is the truth, to the incredible legacy of Memphis music. The fact that we get to be included in it at all, hopefully we can provide something enjoyable for everyone to listen to and exciting. That's a, that's a solid note to end on. That's the show. Thank you to Mark and Jay from the Subteens. Please go out and buy that Subteens record or my new record at backtothelight.net. And thank you for listening. Our opening theme is Arthur with two H's, and our closing theme is Joey Pegram from Shabadoo, right on cue. And for music, news, episode archives, other fine podcasts, and my new album, check out backtothelight.net. And until next time, take care, y'all. of the Back to the Light podcast network at backtothelight.net.